This podcast is supported by Nutrova, a homegrown startup using nutrition science to help you take charge of your health. Hi, it's me Sarah Jane Dice and I'm here to help you as any friend would whether it's to give you a little bit of inspiration or a bit of a boost first thing in the morning a way to help you move forward or maybe even cheer you up if you're having a bad day along with yours truly i'll be bringing along people who have found ways to overcome and people who really inspire it's a guaranteed feel good smoothie for your soul On this episode of the Sarah Jane Show, I'm in conversation with May Mariam Thomas, podcast presenter and founder of the podcast production company Made in India, which actually produces this very show. Now, being an entrepreneur, as we all know, is no small feat. It involves coordinating with numerous people, managing your time efficiently, and constantly ideating and innovating to grow your brand or company. The biggest job of all however doesn't involve other people tasks or situations it's actually just being your own boss so let's hear from May on how she manages to pull it all off May Mariam Thomas thank you I'm very excited so I met you a few years ago yeah man and what I love is that a part of the introduction that my very talented producer has put together It says so made in India provides an end to end solution to create an audio show from the moment a light bulb goes off and you say hey i want to make a podcast <laughs> and the funny thing is that is word for word what i said to you the first time we spoke i was like hey i want to make a podcast honestly it's one of those true story bro um moments and yeah. i think that's pretty much where we started so the title of this episode is being your own boss and one of the things that i truly admire about you and have gotten to know this side of you more and more over the last year now since we started producing the podcast is that you truly are your own boss and you've managed to sort of set up this company and really be the boss lady and sort of do something in what was a relatively niche area up to a few years ago and that is obviously in producing podcasts and i think that would lead me directly into what i want to ask you first is that you know some people come from families and business and they end up joining them some people leave their family business and work in the corporate space and some people come from working class families and they end up setting up lucrative businesses of their own now i want to know what your entrepreneurial journey was and did you always want to have your own business and how did you get to where you are today So I definitely never wanted to be a business owner. <laughs> really? Never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I'm like, that looks really hard. I don't want to do that. Okay. It was never something I wanted to do at all. I was like, so okay, I'll get salary, I'll be very happy. That or freelancing. And the entrepreneur thing kind of just landed on me. It kind of just like sort of happened and then I'm like, oh, th- this is what I'm doing now. Okay then. And I I think I lived my life having done I can't really say it's that corporate but it kind of is like I guess when you're working in a media company and you having been a VJ where you have some freedom but you don't have a lot of freedom you know mm. being an RJ is that you know you have some freedom but not a lot because you're still answerable to bosses and I always felt like I wanted to do something like I'd have these ideas my like, let's do this and let's do that and then I just felt quite creatively sort of stifled just why I left radio And then it's not like I didn't love the medium. I still do. And I think a lot of people have asked me in the sense of like, 
would you go back? And I'm like, if they paid me enough, maybe. But <laughs> the thing is with radio, it lacks like that level of freedom to be able to do what you want to do, which is the mm. thing that kind of bothered me. And then initially, I just wanted to keep Made in India, which was my own indie music show alive. That was the only mission mm -hmm. that I had. And then mm -hmm. when people started asking me to make their podcasts like yourself was when I was like, okay, cool, I'll make your podcast for you. And then that became a company and that's how it sort of began. Like the first person who sent me a WhatsApp message, like you said, no, I said, I want to make podcast. Pooja Dingra had messaged me saying, I want to make a podcast. Will you help me? Let's do this. I want you to do it for me. And then I, from that WhatsApp message, a company began. And so that's pretty much how my entrepreneur journey started. This was very organic. Yeah. I mean, you know how you sometimes get those Instagram filters that come up, you know, where they ask you a question on the top of your head. And one of them was, you know, what are you looking forward to in your future? And my reply was retirement. Very excited about <laughs> retirement. I feel like I've aged 20 years in the pandemic and retirement looks or very exciting. entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> This comes at a price, buddy. Yeah. I Speaking know. of comes at a price, how have you changed? Because you must have changed since when you were an employee to when you are your own mm. boss. I think the thing that changed definitely was just the responsibility of having people with you who you're answerable to as much as they're answerable to you. You mm. also are answerable to them that you have to make sure that you have enough money to pay salaries. You have to like, you know, I never really had that responsibility before. Mm. And I think that, you know, not till like during the pandemic where suddenly you realize that you might not be able to pay the people who work for you. And that's when it like, you know, so we got hit by the Yes Bank moratorium. We got mm. hit by the pandemic. It was hard. Mm. And that was when it really hit me. The amount of responsibility really is. to, And also that I was very lucky that I had great people that were understanding that really got what we were going through. Like, I remember one of our employees who's not working with us anymore, but she was with us during the pandemic. She was kind of like our head of production and our senior producer. Her name is Sharanya. We had messaged her to say that, you know, we cannot pay full salary for the next few months and we're so sorry and all that kind of stuff. And we were just like sent her like this emo message. She sent us a message back saying, you guys don't worry. I've spoken to my parents. It's fine. We'll figure these things out. And like, I was like in tears. I just couldn't believe Aww. someone was that understanding. And like, Aww. and so that is, that's really something yeah. it is. And it does take a lot, especially when you're a startup and you're literally doing everything. Like it's like yeah. even the most menial thing to the most mega thing. Yeah. And the other is just having the ability to do whatever I wanted. I suddenly was like, mm. I have this idea. Oh, I can just do it. I just make it happen because there are people who work with me who can make it happen. I know exactly what you mean. You know, when you're speaking about being your own boss, running the company, having all these responsibilities. Mm -hmm. However, are you a victim of hustle culture? And if you are, then how do you really maintain a balance between work life and personal life? Or do you have none? I'm definitely a victim of hustle culture. I mean, really? it's, yeah, I've had to really learn how to like switch off. I've had to, in the sense of that my brain is active. It may not show on my face, but then it's all happening in my head, right? Of like, oh, is that thing done? And did that get done? And has this been finished and whatever? And so mm. um, I think I'm a victim of that in the sense that I just feel like I'm working all the time. And you actually very purposefully have to find a way to switch that off either off. in your head or just physically around you. how do you do it 
I mean, it, it takes a lot of like mental training, I think, of mm. just going, I have to like, for example, I was having this the hustle culture thing of like, you know, I'm a big fan of to do lists. But then mm. I would constantly feel like I would have this notebook with like a million things to do. And I just I would never dent that list. I would just go through it and then just become the list to just keep going and keep going. And I never felt like I really accomplished anything. So I got mm. this like whiteboard that was kind of given to me for something that I had done. And then mm. on that whiteboard, I would just write the date. And because it's a whiteboard, it's never an unending list. You can only put what you're able to do today. So like so that sounds super basic, but it just allowed me not to have this unending list of like never being able to. Because I love, you know, the absolute satisfaction of crossing something off your list. Babe, you're talking to, again, <laughs> Preach to big the choir. fan of to-do lists. <laughs> Preaching to the choir, hon. Big fan of to-do lists. Yeah. Very meticulous and very like in overdrive all the time. Mm. Um, so I've also had to unlearn that behavior. I still have the same pen paper system. But I have just now started limiting consciously the number of tasks in a day. And not looking at it as a detriment to the task that's not been done because there is always tomorrow. Mm. Um, so that quote, which is don't do something tomorrow, which you can do today is completely unapplicable to me because yeah. I will do something today that's meant to be done a month from now. Yeah, like yeah. that's literally like how well organized I can be when it comes to work. But I realized that it really took a toll on yeah. my mental health, especially. Because I mean, if you've got 10 things to achieve in the day, if you set out 10 things and if you achieve eight, which is a lot and you still feel like you've not achieved everything, that's not a healthy way to be. Yeah. I mean, the thing also with the to-do list is like when you put tasks down, you never actually mm. know how long each one will take or how big each one is. So some mm. might be like, send a message to blah, blah, right? And the mm. other might be finish writing 5,000 word essay or whatever it mm. is, right? So one obviously is bigger than the other. So if you finish like the small ones, but the big one never gets done or you finish the big one, but it only ends up being one thing that's crossed off your list. Because sometimes you can have three that you've done out of 10 and that mm. might be like the chunky tasks that you got. So I definitely agree with you that I'm very much a victim of hustle culture and I've had to really program myself to not like... For example, I used to just work during meal times, like lunch, dinner. I'd just be like listening to something, so bad or, for you, which man. is so bad. And so mm. now I've stopped doing that because like when I used to actually work in an office, we would go to the canteen and sit mm. and chat and catch up and chat. share lunch, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. and I can't do that because yeah. you're living and working from home. So now that half hour, right? is just like for me and if I want to like read something or like an article that I was looking at or watch something or anything like I just want to do something that has nothing to do with really work and then dinner I'm not a night person so I'm terrible like I have to switch off in the evening because my brain slowly stops working I can do sort of menial <laughs> tasks but I can't do like sort of ideating and creative work in the in the night so that's my yeah, struggle I'm yeah. very much a morning person same it's very hard to come across morning people in this city like a lot of people are like what time do you want to have a meeting they're like 11 I'm like can we do it at 9 please oh, I'd love to have meetings um, or 8 you know oh, I love it can we have it over breakfast at 
Ooh. Eat, that sounds good. Um, which is very rare. But which again, before rare. we go off on a tangent about food, because I felt that coming. It was. We um, were going to start recommending <laughs> Matunga places for like good morning South Indian breakfast. <laughs> we're doing it already, May. Stop it's it. True. Sorry. Um, so you've spoken about how one of the most important leadership characteristics, according to you, is to listen. And you don't believe that leaders know everything or should be expected to, and that it's okay to lean on people who have the expertise. Now, as a woman, being an entrepreneur, you know the kind of undermining, doubting of abilities, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that women face. So, how do you strike a balance between that and being open to support? Because I've faced this, right? Sometimes I feel undermined, but then I don't know if I should just. Am I being undermined, or is what they're saying really valuable to me? Mm. So, how do you sort of strike that balance? I would say that I feel like people just undermine women a lot. I think mm. there's so much around this, like, oh, you know, let me inform her. Let me be helpful. Because they think that, you know, they're giving you some very valuable advice and not just asking you for yours. For me, the important thing, as I mentioned earlier, was that listening to people. Because I think that mm. that always helps. And I also feel like we also need to be listened to a little bit too. So on, to some extent, like, you know, if someone's hired me to do something, they're hiring me because I'm good at what I do. Do you feel that women are supportive of women? I do think we're getting there. I think some of it mm. ends up being a lot more subtle, you know. The support isn't just that, oh, we're all together, we're on a march. Sometimes it's like something that you help someone with in a meeting. Babe, I've called you up. Yeah. Remember I called you up when I had that situation on set and it was so helpful. Thanks. It was so helpful. I'm so glad. I feel like I've come from this place because like, besides yourself, I've had like a lot of other women who've been in very awkward situations, like been asked to be part of an event where the, in quotes, guy who's organizing it might not be such a great guy and it's mm. awkward and but at the same mm. time it's a potential income stream and how do you figure that mm. stuff out it's it's complicated mm. right but thank you for your perspective on whether you think women support women or not i actually agree with you i think it's changing i think it used to be a lot more vicious and competitive when i first came into the industry but i find that it is changing now into a more supportive space time for a break and time to tell you about the wonderful people who've brought the show to you as you listen to me take you through various ways to be the better version of yourself and work towards better health goals, our partners Nutrova are a homegrown nutrition company that develops evidence-based nutrition products to help you take charge of your health. By delivering the proven benefits of high-grade nutrients in the form of evidence-based supplements, you get to have more control on achieving your personal health goals, whatever they may be. For more details, go to Nutrova.com. That's N-U-T-R-O-V-A dot com. Now let's head back to chat some more. Something that I feel we don't talk enough about is actually having to make difficult decisions and the ability to say no, even when it's really advantageous, like you were talking about, really lucrative situation because we may be compromising on our values. So have you ever been in a situation like this and how do you handle it? So definitely making difficult decisions all like, not just all the time, but I think in circumstances, like I'll give you an example. I will not name names here, but I had a situation where a 
makeup brand that I hadn't heard of had contacted me because they wanted to make a podcast. And so, you know, we all online, of course, like we were talking to the founder and I got this through a PR agency who basically said that we handle this particular client and they want to make a podcast and you seem like the experts in this space. So then we had like a back and forth, spoke to them. And then before our next meeting, I was going to put a concept together, you know, as a proposal for a show that we were going to make for them. And then I started to do my research. And then there was like one entire section within their website that was only for like whitening and brightening, like sort of whatever it is. And I'm like, I can't do this. I mean, like I'm also someone I can't fight all battles. I'll support as much as I can to the extent that I can. The one thing that I just cannot stand of being a woman of color and being a South Indian woman and like having, you know, walked into a beauty parlor and they're like, madam, you should bleach your face. And I'm like, I can't believe they suggest to do these things. It's ridiculous. And so they still do. They still do. And it's because of these like ideas of beauty. And that's the thing that I'm like, this is the battle I will always fight. So we all have to pick our battles because also we don't have as much sort of mental energy to be able to fight all battles, right? This is a classic example of what you're just saying word for word, which is you pick your battles. Yeah. And even for this the example that I was giving you, what happened was that I basically decided to not do the work. So because it came through a PR agency, I also was probably going to lose other opportunities that this PR agency had handled other clients or brands that they might want to do work with me on. But then I also mm. had to be in a space where I can't compromise. I haven't started my own company to do the work that doesn't make me happy or bring me any joy or, you know, I always think of it as the, if I'm able to promote the show, then I'm mm. happy, right? If I'm mm. going to be like, I'm going to tweet about this show. I'm going to write a Instagram story about this show to say, mm. hey, you should totally mm. go listen to the Sarah Jane show because this is why mm. it's so good. I should mm. be able to feel proud of every show that I make, that I want to promote it. This was mm. not going to be one of them. And then I had to compose an email to send to PR auntie. And then, I mean, the crazy thing was I was in the space where I was feeling like I was apologizing for like, I'm so sorry, but I don't want to do this, you know. But then I was like, I got it. Like I had to rework it to be like, hey, this is the reasons why I saw this and I don't feel comfortable doing this, blah, blah, blah. You know, thank you for thinking of me in this opportunity. I still do want to work with you, blah, blah, blah. But I just can't work with this particular company and make their podcast. Yeah. And then that PR woman and who, by the way, was very lovely about the whole thing. She was yeah. kind of like, mm. oh, my God, I completely understand. I'm so sorry. They had no idea. <laughs> they were like, we didn't know. And because this was round about the time that like Fair and Lovely became Glow and Lovely, it was literally mm. exactly at that time. It was like within a month of that happening that this came my mm. way. And then I think because of that fire that had started, they were like, maybe we need to look into this because they are the PR agency. So I was a little bit like, oh no. No, it's astonishing to me. Like, mm. again, like I've discussed this before on another episode. I was talking with Ali Fazal mm. and we were talking about responsible endorsement. And the thing is that as a celebrity and as an actor, there's only so much that you can inform yourself, right? Like sometimes you find out things about the brand after the endorsements come out. And the thing is, the brand's not been very clear with you. But so... Again, you fight your battles, you do what you can to inform, you give disclaimers. And then 
the battles that you do feel strongly about, like I've had the word for word exact same experience as you've had, which is when I won the Miss India, mm. there was a beauty brand that called me to endorse it. And it was a very done thing. If you won the Miss India, you endorsed this brand. And they called me the first year and offered me a suitably large amount of money to do the endorsement because it was wow. a year contract. Yeah. And at the end of this conversation, I said, I'm sorry, but I'm not comfortable endorsing it. They were like, what? What do you mean? I'm like, yeah, it's just I don't believe in what you stand for. But it's just the thing is that I don't know if I can do that all the time and yeah. with every brand. Oh, God, no. Yeah. But this was very blatantly in your face branding of yeah. if you're not white, you're not going to get a job. If you're not white, you're not going to get married. If you're not white, you are not beautiful. Yeah. I was like, I can't endorse that. Also because I'm tanned, far from fair-skinned. Yeah. So it just, I, I couldn't do it. But moving on from that, we need to talk a very important M word. And it's not me, Miriam Thomas. Okay. It's money. 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 <laughs> so financial stability is yeah. clearly very important for you. It's very important for me too. You've said that creating your Amma's retirement fund is one of your dreams, which is equal parts enduring and inspiring, honestly. And women have always been conditioned to believe that they're bad with numbers, which also keeps many of them from taking finances in their own hands. Yeah. But I want you to tell me about your relationship with finances and what are the few things that you do to keep a tab on what's going on with your money? So, I mean, one thing is, and again, this was very different when I was younger and freelancing and doing my own thing. When you're running your own company, you, I would, not that I can't handle my own money, but you definitely need an accountant, like a good trustworthy, like I'm not doing my own taxes. Someone can do my taxes for me. But the thing that's important for me is to be financially aware of what's going on. Like, where is the money coming in and where is it going out and what are we spending on? And, you know, this year, how much did we make and what are we going to put that money into and creating like a corpus fund so that like maybe if we want to do other things in terms of sort of marketing experiments or whatever that like it is really important, right? Like for me and a lot of that. I, again, don't want to be a giant cliche and say that I don't know numbers. I understand, of course. And I'm always in this space that I'm never going to be someone who knows everything. But I am willing to like, listen, I might ask lots of silly questions, but as long as you answer them and I understand what's going on, then I'm good. And so that's kind of where I come from. I'm like, just because something seems a little scary doesn't mean that you can't ask questions and understand it better. So even when it comes to money and finances, like I am not even kidding. I had a very dear friend of mine who was very much like, you need to get medical insurance and you need to get this and you need to do that. And he's such a dear friend of mine. Like a lot of the time, I think it's important for entrepreneurs because you sometimes can be very isolated is that to have people around you who can give you advice, like someone you can just call and be like, I'm not sure if I should take this decision or should I work with this person if they're asking me to do A, B, C, and D. And he's been that person for me. And he actually was very sweet. At the end of 2020, he did like a little presentation where he took me through like how I could plan my finances. And he's like, okay, you fill this Excel sheet out, you do this. And if this is what you're going to spend every month on, you know, say your medical insurance, life insurance, blah, 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 this will be for your retirement fund. This will happen here and this will happen there. And, you know, help me sort of like figure that stuff out. Because again, I don't know how to do that myself, 
but it's mm-hmm. nice to have someone in your life who can help you with your finances and that's the whole thing just because you're not good at money or understanding money or understanding how to save and calculate a lot of this stuff that doesn't mean that there aren't people out there who can help you do it which is what's important so i'm not Absolutely. saying you have to hand everything to someone but then find someone no, who can help you, you and who you I trust i mean and even if you do hand it just ask all the questions you want to ask yeah. as many times as you need to ask until you understand what's going on with your money Absolutely. make notes keep a diary i don't know there are so many ways honestly speaking yeah. it's how i learned whatever i've learned which is not Same. vast yeah i mean neither but i know like what you said i know where the money is i know what it's being invested in Absolutely. i know more or less what kind of returns are coming in per year and i know how much more very importantly how much more i'd like to grow like where i'd like to oh, be oh gosh yeah I absolutely agree with you cuz then you also are seeing your own personal growth and opportunity come your way like I and this is a very recent decision that I've made I'm currently in the process of kind of getting management so like that's something mm. that I'm doing that I'm really excited about because I you know when opportunities come your way but then having to negotiate everything yourself takes mm. a lot you know and it's mm. so much energy that you know you're mm. not able to truly be creative right being your own manager i think for me you said one of the best things that a leader should do is learn how to listen i think mm. for me one of the best things a leader should learn how to do is to learn how to delegate oh my god delegation the art of delegation is really something which i think can really help a company grow and an entrepreneur grow i would also say that like to be able to delegate in a way that makes you feel like i think everything is going to be done is that you have to invest a little extra time for training for someone to understand what exactly you want cuz like that's Absolutely. one of the other things like people just think ha okay she's joined the company now i'm going to give her some work to do and get her to do it no, and then no, she no, comes no, no. back and then you're like this is not what i asked not for not what i asked for yeah so i think yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. important that you might have to invest that little extra in the beginning just yeah, to make sure yeah. that they're doing it the way that you want it to be done and then yeah. after that it's like you know the whole point is that they end up being able to do it even better than you would. So then yeah. when you're looking at the work you're like I have nothing to say this is excellent. Let's move on. It is a skill in itself, yeah. You know, in keeping with all things productivity related, mm. what are the three tips that you could share to any young entrepreneur or professional just to sort of help keep them on track to achieve their goals? So the three things off the top of my head that I can think of is If you have an idea and you really believe in it, whatever that idea may be, even and I'm saying this because I've had so many situations where people have I've had this great idea and no one wants to do it and so then you end up not doing it. But I always am in this space that if you really believe in something, then maybe you have to just round up, you know, the 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 favors and the money and the, you know, people to help you out and try to make it happen. because mm. you will always feel like you didn't really do that one thing because mm. everyone else didn't believe in it because maybe they just didn't mm. see your vision the way you saw it the other was that surround yourself with people that you trust which is very hard but the whole importance of that is that you can't be and i i always stress this that you can't be the person that knows everything i run a podcast production company and i'm not an audio engineer and just uh, yeah so i mean i don't have great example yeah so i don't have all the expertise in the world but i'm very mm. lucky that i work with people whose opinion that i trust and then who mm. also you know whose ideas that i like to listen to and i'm curious mm. about like if i have something mm. that's like oh i don't know what 
to do for this thing and then i talk to my team and i'm like hey do you have an idea of how we could do this and then they'll have like some three four ideas and i'm like okay this sounds great so you're never alone but do surround yourself with people that you feel like whose opinion you really trust because that's so trust. important yeah. because you can't yeah. assume that you have just because you're the leader to do everything yourself yeah yeah and finally final tip i guess trust your gut i think yeah, that's okay. like super basic but it's only because I think we've grown up with so much of the things around us telling us, you know, don't do this and don't do that and don't, you know, laugh so loud and don't be like this and you know people won't if you do that like people will think you're like this. And a lot of the time because we're surrounded by people constantly telling us what we shouldn't do, we've lost the ability to figure out what are the things that we want to do. So I mm. feel like when you're always told what you're not supposed to do, you suppress your sort of gut instinct a little bit, which is why like mm. we lose the ability to sort of trust our own gut like when it's telling yeah. us that I don't think you should do this. It's not going to make you feel good or go for it. Do yeah. that. You know you're going to be so yeah. happy when you do that. So I would say yeah. with that in mind, try to like listen to your gut a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And your own instincts yeah. about certain things and if you just get okay. like I hate to use a juju word but if you're feeling them bad vibes don't do it we've made it through this entire conversation without you saying the word synergy i know for everybody listening me hates the word synergy but you did get me to do some key takeaways <laughs> i did make <laughs> everyone's going to be very thankful to us uh listen buddy thank you for this conversation oh thank you and thank you for helping me put together the synergy show I mean this is your show. It's been so much fun to do and I'm so glad we got to do this kind of show, right? Like just take Yeah, off. the way we want to do it. Absolutely. I agree. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Man, don't you want to just get out there and power through your to-do list right now? Well, after that super insightful conversation with me, I know I do. And apart from the ton of productivity tips, I'm glad we were also able to have a heart-to-heart conversation about women in business and how it's so important to support each other. Now, to keep up with me and her work, make your way to the show notes and for more feel-good vibes, head to Figoco. That's F E G O C O on Instagram.